from the east coast and the sunny shores of South Carolina. Welcome to Dark Reality. We'll be discussing the unknown from cryptoids to conspiracy theories and unusual happenings. I'm your host, John Ringo. Welcome to Dark Realities. Good evening, and welcome to Dark Reality. This little town is home to unimaginable experiments and technologies. The town I'm speaking of is Dulce, New Mexico. Dulce, New Mexico is a small town in the southwestern part of New Mexico. Doesn't even have a traffic light, but according to the most bizarre rumors, this little town is just a cap on a gargantuan underground facility that is home to unimaginable experiments and technology. This one's for all the tinfoil hat wearers. There's a whole world underneath Dulce, a secret, high-tech, one filled with aliens. According to conspiracy theories, the Dulce subterranean base is a seven-story compound beneath Dulce, New Mexico. It, it houses human-animal hybrids, human-alien hybrids, and extremely advanced technologies. They say even even been the site of alien wars. You know the usual. It hasn't been called the Roswell of North, northern New Mexico for nothing. The first claims of the base's existence, according to HowStuffWorks.com, date all the way back to the 1930s. But the rumors of alien intervention in the area begins to gain traction during the 1970s when a former New Mexico State Police trooper named Gabe Valdez documented unexplained cattle mutilations in and around the area. According to the Santa Fe New Mexican newspaper, In a radio interview, Valdez says the evidence that was left there, you know, predators don't even leave gas masks, glow sticks, and parts of radar equipment. They just don't leave that stuff. Valdez made more wild claims in other interviews, including sightings of black, silent, sophisticated spacecraft 
and the discovery of a fetus inside of a dead cow. But not a calf fetus. It looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog combined. Valdez told the History Channel UFO hunters it didn't have any bones in the head. It was just full of water. Valdez thought, what else? The cows were incubated alien babies. Tim Anderson, a former police officer in Dulce, claimed to have seen a UFO in the town in around 1990. It lit up the whole valley and just disappeared into the rocks. He told the Santa Fe New Mexican, I just rubbed my eyes. I didn't really see it for good measure. Anderson also believes Bigfoot resides in the area nearby. The colorful claims of the paranormal have come from many different times and people in Dulce. Never mind all the cattle stuff. Philip Schneider, a former explosive engineer employed by the U.S. government, introduced the idea of Dulce as a site of brutal human-alien war. Schneider, who had high-level security clearance, claimed that he helped construct a secret underground base in Dulce in 1979. There, he said, he witnessed the Battle of Subterranean Aliens that left 60 humans dead. The alien war rages on to this day. At least that's what Snyder tells the Epoch Times, a local newspaper. Another key player in the Dulcie-based conspiracy theory is a man named Paul Benowitz. Benowitz, who earned a Ph.D. in physics, became convinced that cattle mutilations around the area were the result of extraterrestrial intervention. According to HowStuffWorks.com, he then alleged, or allegedly, began picking up intercepted, intercepted electronic signals near, near Dulcie. Now remember, a town too small to receive such messages. Benowitz theorized that these signals were coming from underground and going towards a target high in the sky. By the late 1980s, he was actively spreading the rumors of an underground alien facility in Dulce, New Mexico. So, Victoria, what do you think about Dulce? Dulce sounds like uh, Area 51 to me. Absolutely. They could be uh, sister stations, I guess you Well, say. I know for a fact... <clears throat> that it's illegal 
to do these sorts of experiments on animals on anything right and obviously this facility was built for that purpose away from the public eye away from scrutiny away from prosecution Well, it's uh, high reports of uh, cattle mutilation and somehow of, uh, I, won't, I don't want to say crossbreeding, like genetic manipulation. It is genetic manipulation. So. I said he had a... Found it could a, be just us doing it. It may not be aliens, but... No, this this was alien. It was the eyewitness. Schneider right. was an eyewitness. He was led down to the facility. And this is also... It's underground. He was led down to the facility with a with an elevator, you know, much like the elevators they use for construction. Like in the mining shafts and stuff. He he <laughs> noted that when he got to the bottom floor and the elevator opened, this war was in progress. The aliens against humans. Yes. Okay. And he said one of the military people who rode down in the elevator with him pushed him back into the elevator and told him to close the door and Go do up. his best to escape. But before he does, he sees the aliens use some sort of laser that just splits the man in two. It also cut off it got it got Schneider too. It also cut off his fingers mm. and hit him in the stomach and just split him wide open. Were these graves? <coughs> Excuse me. Does he describe the you know? Because from what we hear, there seems to be different species of aliens. You have your grays. You have other. I believe. I believe these were the grays. Mm -hmm. But either way. Don't be surprised where you live, what what city you live in. There could be all sorts of facilities that you know nothing about. And that's that's a scary feeling. Now on to our second one for tonight. Want to remind everybody want to remind everybody to subscribe and like. Our next story, The Montauk Monster. The Montauk Monster began its reign of terror in July 2008, when the ghastly creature washed up on the shores of Ditch Plains, a popular surfing beach on the Montauk Peninsula. Three young women claimed to have first spotted the beast at the tail end of New York's Long Island. They snapped a photo of the bloated, 
bruised carcass that appeared to have been scorched by the sun, or maybe it was on fire. The photo would soon facilitate and revolt millions who have laid their eyes upon it, unfortunately. After Gawker, a local newspaper, published the image in an 87-word blog post that sent the Internet ablaze. Was it a pit bull mercilessly defeated in an illicit dogfight? An escaped mutant from a mysterious animal disease research center on nearby Plum Island. A raccoon robbed of its fur in a post-mortem tumble through the sea. A turtle without its shell. But turtles don't have teeth. And dogs don't have dinosaur beaks. All anyone could agree on was that they have never seen anything like the Montauk monster before. Like most of us, I first saw the photo by way of Gawker. I don't remember doubting for a second that the creature in the photo existed. Whatever it might be, it was real. At the time, all that I cared to know was, what in tarnation is this thing? And then later, where is it? Then and now, the story of the Montauk Monster is a slippery one. Try to make sense out of it is like trying to hold a cup full of sand in your fist. To the best of our knowledge, the infamous photo was taken on July 12, 2008. It's been accredited to Jenna Hewitt, who was joined by her friends Rachel Goldberg and Courtney Fruton. They were reportedly stumbled onto the carcass during a leisurely day at the beach. It would be two weeks before the beast landed on the radar of the New York City media. The Gawker Post was published on July 29th in a brief period of relative quiet. Tales of Viking funerals, grave robbers, and alleged Photoshop hijinks. Whispered among the shadows of the Montauk dunes, away from the spotlight glare, few of us may never know for sure what really happened, but we know this, by the time the proverbial sirens came blaring, somebody had time to hide the body. The byline on the Gawker Post belonged to one Richard Lawson, now Vanity Fair's chief film critic, but then a 20-something writer who had moved from Gawker's advertising sales team 
just a few months before. A PR agency had seen the soon-to-be famous photo of the Montauk monster. To Anna Holmes of Jezebel, Gawker's sister site, she reported believing it was some sort of viral marketing campaign forwarded and forwarded it to Larson. Within minutes of its posting, the story blew up. Drastic understatement. Lawson was surprised. I thought it was dead. Some sort of dead thing that looked weird. The grisly photo was picked up by national outlets like Fox News, Huffington Post, NBC. Experts were weighing in on the Montauk monster's identity. One believing it was made of latex. We're all making from the notorious, dubious photo. Anyone who wanted to see the beast in flesh was out of luck. By the time the creature became known as the Montauk Monster, it was already gone. The locals who spoke of the media in the weeks following the discovery had vague and varied explanations of how and where the carcass disappeared to, but shared an unidentified message. Don't bother looking. You won't find it. In early August 2008, an unidentified witness told Newsday that she heard from the people who had seen the monster after it was moved from Ditch Plains to an undisclosed residence. Now it's decomposed. Just a skull and bones. The witness said nothing. That she seen the photo of the creature on some somebody's phone and that it was no bigger than a cat or a rabbit or a raccoon. She didn't explain how she was able to determine the animal scale from those photos and dodged a reporter's request to see where the remains were burned. Lauren Coleman, a veterinarian cryptozootologist based in Portland, Maine, knew about the Montauk monster before any of us did. In fact, he named it. Coleman told the observer that he started getting messages from friends and colleagues about the curious carcass after it made the local news on July 23, 2008, but before Gawker picked it up. And he was a skeptical person. But not for the reason that someone might might be thinking of. After all, cryptozootology is a pseudoscience 
that takes folk folklore and Bigfoot and Chippecabua very seriously. And Coleman is at the top of this field, a self-described fan of the unknown. He coined the term Dover Demon back in 1977 after a Massachusetts schoolboy swore he sourced on a stack of Bibles that he saw a devilish creature with glowing eyes and tendril-like fingers sitting on a stone wall in a distant Boston suburb. In this field, Coleman has plenty of admirers. On July 12th, he termed the name Montauk Monster. So, Victoria, what do you think about this story? Well, the first time I saw the Montauk Monster, first thing I said, what is this thing? I mean, it looked, it had the face of like a, a bird with the beak sticking out. It had the paws of a raccoon and basically no hair coverage. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. Maybe some type of animal that wasn't fully developed. But why would it be on the beach if it wasn't like an aquatic animal? Well, there was a local government facility on Plum Island. It was believed that they did experimentation on animals and whatever else. Crossbreeding. I don't know. And many people believe that this creature was either let go or escaped From and drowned in the o drowned in the ocean and washed ashore that's that's what's believed but it, you know, you look at the picture and the photo is pretty much the only proof we have of the montauk monster but when you look at the photo you think the you think it's really big but they did figure out a way okay. to through the photo of how to measure the scale of this animal and there was uh, two flies sitting on the hind end because it was out on the beach. Right. And from the size of the flies, they created the scale. And I think it's probably only about maybe three feet long. Well, it's not 20, that long. 20 to 40, <clears throat> like maybe two and a half feet. It's like a size of a raccoon or, or a, a small dog. dog, right. So. But see. Very strange, very strange animal. Once the girls took the photo and called the police. The animal was quickly gone. That that's another suspicion. Somebody somebody retrieved the animal. And it's not been seen since until that la the other lady claimed that she seen it at somebody's residence. Or the bones of, of such. Either way, this is a very strange, strange story. But if Plum Island facility is conducting the, these types of experiments, 
I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll see the Montauk monster or other monsters. Hybrids. Similar. <clears throat> we want to thank everybody for turning, tuning in to Dark Reality. My name's John Ringo. My co-host, Victoria. Goodbye. <laughs>